guys, on this episode of Manufacturing Unscripted, we have Scott Phillips. He is the program director for the Industry 4.0 Accelerator Program here in Michigan. Scott tells us about what the accelerator is, how he is helping his clients, and how to get state funding. Without further ado, enjoy the show. This podcast is sponsored by Promus Incorporated, the leading provider of fully electric servo presses for manufacturing. Promus provides global support for pressing and motion control applications in multiple industries. With precise positioning and in-process force monitoring, your company will begin to see ROI on day one. Call 810-229-9334 or email sales at promisinc.com to speak with an expert engineer about your application today. Hey guys, welcome to Manufacturing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rawl. And I'm Lauren. Today we are joined with Scott Phillips from Industry 4.0 Accelerator. He is the program director. Hey Scott, how you doing? Good. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, love to have you on. Uh, I'm going to just start right off. Uh, first time guests. Um, I love to build kind of the credibility in what you do. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey um, kind of through the industry and kind of where you started and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So I spent most of my early career with Whirlpool Corporation out in Benton Harbor, Michigan, uh, moved around uh, with them for about 20 years out to different factories and, and places around the U.S. Um, moved to the Ann Arbor, Michigan area in um, around 2007 or 8 and did various roles where I consulted with small medium manufacturers in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana, um, mostly for federal programs, Department of Commerce programs. And then just kind of got hooked on liking to work with manufacturers. Um, I went to Hanover Messe trade show in Hanover, Germany in 2016 mm-hmm. on a trade mission with the state of Michigan. And that's where I first learned about Industry 4.0. And I've been trying to help um, manufacturers um, journey through Industry 4.0 ever since. And I noticed, kind of looking into your background a little bit, you have quite a wide range of industry experience. Um, yeah. You know, I noticed, uh, I think there's some fast food industry in there. Uh, Whirlpool obviously is a different industry than that. I mean, what has that been like just mm. from one industry to the next? Is it, has it been challenging to kind of adapt to each industry? No, I, I mean, it's been fun. I do have kind of a, I'm kind of a mutt, you know, both in terms <laughs> of the industries I've been in and the mm-hmm. roles that I've had. And mm-hmm. it's just made for an interesting career. But yeah, I started out in banking out of Michigan State and college and um, went into fast food, ran regional operations for Burger King in the upper Midwest, um, and then over to Whirlpool for most of my career. Um, and then with Thermo Two Doors down in yep. Maumee, Ohio. Um, And then from there, mostly consulting from there on in and held roles everywhere from finance to sales to marketing to product development. Now, um, where where does someone that starts in banking, how do you how do you end up kind of becoming one of those uh, early adopters of the industry 4.0? I guess what what was it that drew you to industry 4.0? You know, um, I, I don't know if it was banking per se, or just the mm-hmm. fact that when I was in college, I, I studied um, finance, um, not public accounting per se, but just more managerial finance mm-hmm. at Michigan State. And since that time, no matter what job or company I've been with, I've always had kind of this this um, ROI calculator in my head. Yep. So whether I'm a plant and out at a plant doing standard cost accounting or something, but I, I'm always looking for the return in something. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, ever since I got bit with the industry 4.0 bug, I've really found it a great fun challenge to help manufacturers understand not the buzz around the technology yep. and stuff, but what is the benefit, the pain, mm -hmm. the pain uh, that we're solving and what's the return? Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, that's, I think one, you know, I don't want to say oversight by a lot of people, but that is, you know, industry 4.0 can really help understand the ROI, you know, all that data that you're getting and being able to uh, access it. Um, so yeah, so no, that's, that's great. I was just, I saw banking, I saw, you know, Burger King and then, and then at the end it's, industry 4.0 kind of consultant and it's just it's it's quite it's quite the journey yes i i would just <laughs> say that manufacturing probably has been the funnest part of my career just because when mm -hmm. you're out working at a factory especially mm -hmm. in a big company you're working with the salt of the earth people mm -hmm. and no matter how bad a day is you can look at the dock and see how many dishwashers you made or washers or dryers yep. and so it's much more fulfilling than a corporate job yep um, so let's talk a little bit about what you're doing today, and that's the accelerator, because um, we've talked about it briefly, and I think it's a really cool thing that you're doing. Um, so I, let's start off with, if you want, if you can just tell everybody like, what it is. Yeah, sure. So about three years ago, more or less, two or three years ago, the state of Michigan, through the MEDC, funded an Industry 4.0 accelerator. So we're a statewide service provider. We work with a lot of regional um, economic development companies and manufacturers throughout the state of Michigan. Um, we partner closely with Automation Alley and Troy and Michigan Manufacturing Technology Corp in Plymouth. So we three are partners and our common goal is to help Michigan manufacturers understand and adopt Industry 4.0 technology. Mm -hmm. Our specific charter as the Industry 4.0 Accelerator is that we're chartered to talk to 30 or 40 manufacturers on a bi-monthly basis and really listen closely to the pain points and the challenges they have. And then the other side of our model is we recruit new technologies to Michigan. Hmm. So the Industry 4.0 Accelerator has online portals where companies from around the world can apply to become part of our accelerator. Um, we scout companies from Israel, Turkey, Silicon Valley, um, many of them are right here in Michigan already. And so we're always looking for the current state-of-the-art industry 4.0 technologies, but only those that are solving the things that we're hearing on our calls with manufacturers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we typically talk about a third of our manufacturers are bigs, mm -hmm. companies like Whirlpool and Ford and Forvia and Board Warner, mm -hmm. that bid market manufacturers and small. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to understand the, the needs of all three groups. Yeah, and I think the coolest thing to me about that, and I mentioned to you before, is that you're accelerating manufacturing in Michigan. And I think that's like the key like takeaway from that is it's not you don't focus on a company, you're focused on Michigan. And I think that's really cool. Um, just because growing up, you know, we're always taught that Michigan is automotive focused. And I think it's cool that your journey and what your mission is, is to bring more manufacturing than just probably automotive. You know, what else can we bring to Michigan? And I think that's super cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, the word accelerator in our title is a little misleading. So we're not, um, the tech clients that we're recruiting, we have about 40 to 50 in our portfolio at any time. Mm -hmm. What we're not doing is accelerating their business models or their business mm -hmm. maturities. Mm -hmm. We're accelerating adoption of their technologies by manufacturers. So 
Um, we have everywhere from early stage startups in our portfolio to late stage startups to some established companies. Mm-hmm. And, well, you, and on our website, which I'll give mm-hmm. you later, you can see all our corporate partners and all of our tech clients. I guess, what does it look like from the um, kind of client perspective? You know, do you guys typically approach them or do they approach you? Um, How does that look? So the tech clients, we can become aware of an interesting technology uh, company in several ways. One is they apply to get to know us through an online portal site called F-Success or Gust. We have have profiles in several um, global portals. We also hear a lot from our corporate partners when we talk to them. So we're sharing with them tech clients to solve their problems, but they often will share with us technologies that they've seen from somewhere around the world. Mm -hmm. And then the third place is we've got four experts in residence um, in our program. Um, Mike, um, Mike, Mike Folster, Michael Magnich, Mm -hmm. Ryan Cahalan and Phil Swanson. They've all seen a lot in their career. And so they will, they will also often refer technology clients to us. So we have many different sources, but we vet them carefully. We interview them two or three times to make sure they're a good fit. If they're not in the state of Michigan, we make sure that they've got the, um, the foundation to be able to do business in Michigan and, and mm-hmm. work with Michigan manufacturers. What's been your favorite uh, or most interesting technology you've seen so far through the Accelerator? Oh, I, I'd have to say it's Wheel Me, um, just because <laughs> everybody that sees Wheel Me at a show, a trade show, um, that's uh, Wheel Dot Me. Yep. Um, they're the world's first autonomous caster. They're out in Norway. Oh wow! Okay. Um, they were, yep, they were introduced to us by uh, Forbia a, a yep. couple of years ago, and since then we've helped them get traction in Michigan. They've now set up a, a U.S. headquarters at New Lab in mm-hmm. downtown Detroit. Uh, they're bringing in application engineers, and they're looking to ramp up um, secondary production in Michigan. But the, just the idea of, of, you know, way beyond autonomous mobile robots or AGVs, the idea that you've got an ultimately configurable caster that you can mm-hmm. combine in any combination to make things that were previously stationary now mobile is is really cool. Yep. I guess as I'm thinking about it, and, and maybe this is uh... – might be difficult to answer, but I, how do you sell Michigan? I guess in terms of the industry, oh. I mean, what is what are the big draw points? Because I mean, I I've, I have some, but I'm biased. I mean, I've only been in Michigan, um, um, so I'm I'm curious as to kind of um, how do you sell Michigan as a good startup location? Well, I would say the the, the great answer is that it's not hard to sell. I mean. Mm-hmm. These startups, you know, a lot of them are SaaS-based software. They're they're machine learning and artificial intelligence and predictive maintenance, and they're in Israel and Turkey and Silicon Valley. They all, you know, they might be in another vertical right now, but when they see our website and they have an opportunity to be introduced or demo to Ford or GM or Mm -hmm. even Whirlpool or Steelcase, I mean, Michigan's uh, heavy automotive, but it's heavy furniture, it's heavy, heavy food and bev. It's good med device. So, but basically what makes it attractive is you go to our website and you see the 30 corporate partner logos, Yeah, you know, that you're going to get access to. And that's it. We don't, we don't offer any seed funding or anything else anymore. Right. The draw mm-hmm. is just the opportunity to be put in front of these, these companies from Michigan. 
Yeah. Um, Scott, what do you think that people kind of overlook when they want to move into Industry 4.0? What are some of these companies kind of uh, overlooking? Is it cost? Is it time? I know that you mentioned so for, uh, the ROI thing for sure. Yeah, I, I would say from my experience, um, this is a little bit beyond just the accelerator, but when mm -hmm. I think of manufacturers, maybe particularly small and medium, and the definition, by the way, is is the federal definition from the SBA is under 500 employees. Mm -hmm. okay. So the way we think of manufacturers is either small, mediums, mids, or bigs. Mm -hmm. um, and Michigan has its share of all three. But for the small mediums, I would say it's four questions they have to answer. They have to answer what is industry 4.0. They have to answer why should they care. The third is where should they start and how should they scale. Mm -hmm. And if they aren't thinking of those four questions and, and trying to answer them themselves or with a trusted advisor, that's where they can go astray. But you literally cannot start, in my opinion, you can't start unless your organization understands what it is, because there's so much misinformation, so much mm -hmm. jargon and hype, it's easy to get lost in the technology. But you really have to understand the key principles of Industry 4.0, mm -hmm. the interoperability, the information transparency. So there are a basic set of principles that will help your system architecture and help you become data-driven. Mm -hmm. But I would just, I always advise any manufacturer, you need to answer those four questions for yourself before you start leaning too heavy on your vendors or mm -hmm. or other people for your, your journey. Yeah. Would you say that Industry 4.0 has a different meaning to different companies? Like if they're answering it, that it, question? It, it certainly does. And I think that's partly or maybe mostly the fault of of vendors and thought leaders who are putting on webinars and conferences all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen so many presentations. I consume a lot of information. I've seen so many maturity assessments and readiness models. And there's just so much human bias and commercial bias in those mm -hmm. that it's easy to steer a, a manufacturer in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. um, Industry 4.0 at its heart is explained. It's, it's not as complicated as me, people make it. But it's also confusing because speakers will use interchangeably digital transformation, IAOT, smart manufacturing, industry mm -hmm. 4.0. And they'll even say when they're talking that these are synonymous and they're not. Yeah. That that doesn't help the audience when you just say, hey, there's all these terms and they're synonymous. Yeah. You have to define your terms. Mm -hmm. And industry 4.0 has a set of principles and you just need to understand them. I think, and I've even heard as far as some people say that Industry 4.0 is dying just because there is no one person has the same definition. And I think that kind of works against it in terms of, of that, which I don't agree with. It's just, you know, I can see where people just say, well, eventually it just sounds like a made up phrase because I've never heard one person or two people have the same definition. Yeah, it's oversaturated for sure. Well, I'll say, I agree with you and I'll say this yeah. that. I've I've listened to enough content around the world on this yeah. topic to mm -hmm. know that there's a big difference in the U.S. versus Europe or Asia. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And what I mean by that, that uh, if you're a small medium manufacturer anywhere in the U.S., you're at an enormous disadvantage to your counterpart in Europe or Asia, and it's for three reasons. One is the U.S. has no manufacturing policy federally, and never never yeah. really has. Mm -hmm. um, um, secondly. Um, 
our capitalistic society, it's not, it's the nature of vendors and people who sell things in the U.S. to really bias any conversation about this topic. And so if mm -hmm. you're a listener and you're down the, 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 the supply chain trying to learn, um, it's, it's very confusing when you're listening to solution providers and vendors because they typically don't talk about Industry 4.0 from a principle and movement standpoint like you would hear in Europe or Asia, mm -hmm. you're hearing a selling pitch here. Yep. And, and the third problem you have in the U.S. is the OEMs don't really support the supply chain like they do in Asia or Europe. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're talking about your supply chain strength in Industry 4.0 or traceability, you know, if you're in Asia and you're a big OEM or in Europe, you bring your supply chain along with you in terms of their education. That's not the case in the U.S., yeah. I mean, if you can't meet the standards, you'll just get outsourced. Yep. So these three things tend to really be hard to overcome if you're a U.S. manufacturer. Hmm. No, I, I think it's true. I, th I definitely would agree that I've been pitched more on 4.0 than I've actually kind of discussed what its purpose is. Most um, companies would do well by just having a conversation about it before starting in an assessment or down a journey. Um, so you kind of mentioned, uh, alluded to that there's no like, um, like governing kind of criteria what 4.0 is, but we've also talked about kind of in that realm, um, with your accelerator, there's a lot of state funding that, you know, you, you have access to, or you can allow some of your clients access to, or help them get access to, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks, thanks. That's a yeah, that's yeah. a big topic. And, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the MEDC has a program that's been around about a year and a half, going on two years now, where small medium manufacturers under 500 people are eligible for a matching grant for an investment in Industry 4.0 technology up to fifty thousand dollars. So um, it's a matching grant. So if you were to invest 50,000 or more, you could reimburse 25,000 from the MEDC once you complete a project. Um, it's really nice. Um, it's, it's, it got um, oversubscribed really quick in its first year of $3 million. The state stepped in and put in another second $3 million. Um, we're coming up uh, probably within about five or six months of exhausting that. Mm -hmm. Um Right now, the state legislature is talking about refunding it again, and okay. I'll certainly put a link to that program in in the notes here for yep. the for the podcast. But um, it's it's the Industry 4.0 Technology Implementation Grant that you can find on the Michigan.gov website. So, um, I guess you said it's pretty much a lot of people take advantage of it. It's not there's not money left on the table very often. So, um, it's hard. The, the program's yeah. successful. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and really the good news is when, when somebody applies for the program and they submit their application, they're usually putting in private investment way above the 50 grand, the 50 okay. grand amount to max out the grant. And I think they've said that the, the amount of total project investment is like eight to 10 fold. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's a really good return for the state of Michigan to have private manufacturers investing matching funds way above the grant. I guess with all this investment in industry 4.0, from your perspective, where does where does industry 4.0 need to go or where is it headed? Do you think? I mean, especially as a guy that looks at the ROI 
you know, there's a big investment going into this. Where do you think it has to go to kind of really change the industry? Well, um, I would, one way to answer your question is I would say in the last three to four to five years, kind of the solutions are starting to become standardized out there. If you go to trade shows, you're starting to see, you know, autonomous mobile robots and autonomous cobot arms and machine vision is maturing. And what's happening is a lot of these solutions that were out of reach in terms of expense or um, implementation to a small medium five years ago are not now. You can, you can get up and going on an inline machine vision inspection system for easily for 30K with hardware mm-hmm. and software. And when you look at the labor shortages that small medium manufacturers have, the last thing you want to be using labor for is manual inspection. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know, using technology for the dull, dirty, and dangerous tasks, these technologies have really matured a lot in the last five yeah. years, from cobots to machine vision inspection um, to immersive training for, for um, work instructions and remote collaboration. This stuff is really becoming easier to access and to purchase. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely been uh, a reoccurring theme, I think, throughout our podcast is, is my as an engineer, my my frustration with vision over the last few years, but then having people come on and, and assuring me that vision is getting better and that it's it's way more. And I agree, it has 100%. But uh, vision has always been my 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 hurdle, my struggle when it comes to you know cameras. And so, um, no, I agree. I think I think that part of it is is definitely a um, an obvious. Uh, ROI that you can you can utilize, um, and and it definitely will help be helpful going forward. Um, I kind of wanted to give you an opportunity uh, right now. Is there anything else you want to talk about or discuss while I have you here? Um, you, you know, just kind of playing off your last question there. I yeah. just spent four days at the Automate Show last oh, week yep. In, yep. in Detroit, Michigan, and y- you know the amount of autonomous mobile robots was astounding. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes, there was a lot of new um, cobots. It seems like they're doubling or tripling now on a yearly basis at these big yep. shows. But um, the interesting thing about autonomous mobile robots is, you know, they're combining vision and radar and LIDAR systems with artificial intelligence. They're talking to an MES system. So mm-hmm. it's funny how autonomous mobile robots have almost become like the epicenter of yeah. the opportunity for efficiencies yeah. um you know you put a cobot on top of it and you know these things were just kind of like um um you know in a dream stage when we talked about them three and four years ago they didn't seem yeah. very realistic yeah but i would tell any manufacturer that's looking at this area is they got to get to these trade shows you know oh, to yeah. see what the current state of the art is mm-hmm. whether it's uh um automate um we have a show coming up the advanced manufacturing expo in mm-hmm. august in grand rapids 9th and 10th that will be a great chance for anybody to see kind of the latest technology too i think promess will be there yep, as well yep yeah I, I can guarantee everyone that robots will always be there it just seems like i agree i think they are just quadrupling if not more every year but it i go because it's you you do always see something new with robots, yes. you know, people are always taking and kind of pushing the current envelope in terms of what robots can do. And, and I think that's just kind of the way we're going. And, and it's, 
as you mentioned, it's more of the kind of repetitive tasks, the kind of lower, um, I don't know, the tasks that you want to get people away from and focus more, allow them to be in the more innovative roles, the more, you know, actual useful roles and let the robots handle, you know, moving package from point A to point B. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I would say yeah. one of the things that I really liked about the show is that you're kind of seeing companies combine themselves in a way like uh, mm-hmm. they're utilizing each other. So, for instance, uh, Promis, you know, we sell electric actuators and um, press heads and we had a system in the Brooks automation booth. Right. So like seeing those partnerships, I feel like um, it's kind of new in the last five years. I. Before that, I feel like it was kind of like, no, competition, competition, competition. But I've seen like a lot of people partnering up now. And um, yeah, in every booth, there's some kind of press head or collaboration or yeah, yeah, end effectors or whatever with the robots, you know, so there's a bunch of people partnering with each other. And I just really like that. You're right. I noticed that too. That's yeah. very different than five years ago. The, every booth is like a little pavilion now of solution partners. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so. really cool. Well, well, great, Scott. I know, I know you're a busy guy and I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, uh, so thank you for being on the show. I think it was great. I, mm-hmm. I love what you're doing. Uh, as we mentioned, I'd love to get some of your clients on the show. Um, uh, so feel definitely pass yeah. them our name. Um, I love new technology and all that it has to offer. Um, so thank you again. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. We are on YouTube, so feel free to watch us over there as well. Yep. And all of, uh, all the stuff about, uh, industry 4.0 accelerator will be in our show <laughs> notes. Um, and so you can reach out to Scott if you have anything for that. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Promise Incorporated, hosted by Matthew Rawl, mixed and edited by Ben Parsons, and produced by myself, Lauren Rawl. If you have any questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to podcast at promiseinc.com.